Well, as uh, Josh mentioned earlier, today is our final message in our Summer of Psalms series. And if you're hoping that because it's the end of the summer series, that means next week it's going to be nice and cool, I cannot promise that. I can just promise we're going to have a different message next week. As a matter of fact, next week is a great week to invite somebody. Uh, Al Hasler is going to be sharing the message, and he's going to be speaking from a skeptic's viewpoint that has found Christ and how it has changed his life. And so I encourage you to be here next week. And then the following week, we are going to start a new series that I'm excited about as well. But final week in Psalms here, it's kind of the encore Psalm, uh, because I'm sure you were all going to chant at the end of service, right? We want more, Adam. I know. You, you, I'm sure you weren't going to do that, but this is the encore. Um, over, over my last few uh, years, over, oh, well, many years in my life, I guess, uh, I've known people who are very kind and genuinely, authentically loved God. If you ask them how they're doing, they're probably going to give you a response like this. Hallelujah, I'm just praising the Lord. And if you're anything like me, like I was in my younger years, I would have thought to myself and tried to keep it inside, well, that sounds awfully churchy, right? How are you really doing? Because every time I ask you, it's just hallelujah, praise the Lord. It seems like a Sunday school answer, right? And year after year after year, they give that answer. But I bet you can all recognize a few people in your life that have truly lived that way. They've lived in such a way that no matter what circumstance they faced, they praised the Lord and they trusted in the Lord. That's how the book of Psalms ends. The final five chapters are this huge hallelujah, praise the Lord. It's this grand amen, this crescendo, this encore performance that comes at the end. As a matter of fact, the last five books of Psalms, last five chapters of the book of Psalm are known as the Hallelujah Psalms. In your Bible, as you look through these, some of you might even notice that the word Lord is in all caps. And that's not because the psalmist is screaming at you as in text, you know, I want you to know this is the Lord. This is how Yahweh was described, how it was spelled. And Yahweh is how God described himself. It is the ever-present God who always has been and always will be and is with you. So as this book comes to this crescendo at the end, this encore performance, as we get to that ending track, it is a hallelujah to Yahweh, the God who has always been. It comes to this big ending. I'm, I'm old enough to remember uh, and cool enough to remember when I was probably about in fifth grade or so, I had uh, a cassette Walkman and they came out with this really cool technology called auto reverse. How many of you are old enough 
<laughs> to have been on the cutting edge of that technology, where you put the cassette in, for you youngsters, I'll describe it. You put the cassette in, which had side A and side B, right? Maybe five songs on each side. But when you got to the end, because of auto-reverse, you didn't have to take the tape out and flip it over. It just automatically flipped over and played backwards where you never had to end. But as we get to the end of Psalms, it's not necessarily auto-reverse, where we just go back to the beginning. It is builds up to this grand finale in the last five books of Psalms. So we're going to look at Psalm 146 today. I'm going to read the whole thing and then we'll break it down a little bit. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Do not put your trust in princes and human beings who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that day, their plans come to nothing. Blessed are those whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow, but he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations, praise the Lord. This is somebody, how are you doing? Hallelujah. I'm praising the Lord. I'm trusting in God. So these Hallelujah Psalms at the end of the book of Psalms can remind us of a few things. The first one here is Hallelujah reminds me who to worship. Now that sounds obvious. You're in church. You know who to worship. But reality can be much different because if we're honest, we can worship so many things, whether it's just life, whether it's our comfort, whether it's money or beauty or football. Can I have an amen? It's back. It's easy to put something in that spot, but the hallelujah, the praise the Lord is to remind us who it is that we genuinely worship in this life. Verses one and two, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, my soul. I will praise the Lord with all my life. I will sing praise to God as long as I live. It seems pretty churchy simple, right? I mean, what if we just started with hallelujah? What if that's how our day started every day? What if that's how our week started every week? That's kind of what this is supposed to be, right? That at the beginning of everything, we start with our focus in the right place, remembering who it is that we worship. Our day begins with a hallelujah, with a praise the Lord, because we're remembering who it is that we worship. Wouldn't life be different if that was just the regular rhythm 
of our lives. Life can be a little bit more challenging in reality because whatever it is, we're tempted to let other things slip into the place where only God is supposed to fulfill in our lives. Whether that's our relationships, work, or maybe just things, God gives us all of those things to enjoy. We are supposed to have relationships in our lives that are fulfilling. We're supposed to have things that God blesses us with in our lives. But those things are never meant to take God's place. And we can't expect them to fill that space that was only created for God. So he begins with this, praise the Lord. It's, it's a big picture view. All of us should praise the Lord. And then he makes it specifically just for each one of us when he says, praise the Lord, my soul. He takes a look in the mirror to the very core of his life and tells himself, praise the Lord. With an overflowing heart, he reminds himself to make that choice daily. I will praise the Lord with all my life every day, choosing to praise God with a hallelujah. Regardless of the situation or the people that fill our lives every day, we can choose whether we praise the Lord with a hallelujah or not. It's simply a simple reminder, reminding ourselves, he is God and I am not. These hallelujah psalms remind me of who we worship and it also reminds me of who to trust. We worship a God who wants to be known. He's not trying to be some mysterious being that's out there. God wants to be known, so he has given us his spirit. He has given us his word. He doesn't demand your trust, but not reveal who he is. The Psalms are 150 chapters of describing the character of God. Scripture is 66 books of describing who God is and how he relates to us. The psalmist reminds us that is where we put our trust. And trust means that you can't always see what's ahead. We have to trust what is ahead. In doing so, he also reminds us in order for us to trust the Lord, you have to remember who not to trust, verses three and four. Do not put your trust in princes, in human beings who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground on that very day. Their plans come to nothing. And I think we, we get that on a surface level that, that when we put our trust in people, they ultimately let us down. Yet, every one of us, our lives are full of division and tension because we put our trust in so much of the princes, the people, the political structures, the systems around us. We put our trust and our security in those things. And God is reminding us here in this psalm, 
We don't put our trust in those things. This hallelujah at the end of Psalms reminds us who to worship and who to put our trust in. And you see, that's the beauty of what this is supposed to be. As we gather together, it doesn't matter what your political views may be. It doesn't matter what your socioeconomic status is. We unite together in a united hallelujah. God, we trust in you. Though we may see things differently, we trust in the God of all creation. You see, the hallelujah is supposed to unite us, to take our eyes off of the things of this earth and put our eyes on heaven. God prayerfully does give us trustworthy leaders and good relationships in our lives. But again, those people and those authorities were never meant to take God's role in our life. We don't look to society. We don't look to politics to save us, right? And we shouldn't look to our spouse to fulfill the role of God in our lives or our children to be the Holy Spirit in our lives that is the role that God longs to fulfill in our lives. He goes on. Blessed are those who, whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He is the maker of heaven, earth, the sea, and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry the Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow, but he frustrates the ways of the wicked. Do you see here the contrast between God and humanity? It seems like the easiest no-brainer of all time, right? Who do you put your trust in? Well, obviously, the answer should be God. But yet for them and for us, that can still be a struggle with this flesh that we live in. But in this encore psalm, we see here that it reveals the character of God once more as it has done all through the psalms. As it reminds us, God is the one who will satisfy your deepest, truest hungers. God is the one who can set you free from the addictions, from the strongholds that it feels like you can never get past. God is the one who can set you free. He is the one who opens the gates to our inner prisons. He is the one and the only one who can make us whole. He supplies our every need. He lifts us when we are crushed. No matter how vulnerable we may be, God is where we put our trust. Reminds me of the declaration that Jesus makes in Luke 4, 18 and 19, even as he quotes from the Old Testament. He says this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me 
because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recover sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. You see, these Psalms are reminding us over and over again, this is the character of God. This is his heart and his passion for his people. And then Jesus comes along and he is the fulfillment in bodily form of the character of God. There was a little bit of a twist there at the end. I don't know if you caught that in verse nine. Talks about all these great things that God is. And then it also says he frustrates the wicked. And again, this requires trust because I don't know if you're like me, but I've given God many suggestions of how he could frustrate the people who annoy me because obviously they must be wicked. But as God frustrates the wicked, what we're really saying is, God, I trust you to handle those things that seem unjust, to handle the things that annoy me, that frustrate me, that drive me crazy. God, I put this at your feet and I trust your timing and I trust your ways. Now that can sound good, but it gets a little more real when there's genuine wickedness and God has not stopped the wickedness. Can I still trust in a God who has not stopped the wickedness? I have to trust in his timing and his ways. Now I will say there are times when it means God wants you to be a part of the solution. Maybe through prayer, maybe through action, maybe through the way we serve and love others to demonstrate his grace and mercy and justice to the world. We choose hallelujah. We choose to live a life that says praise the Lord when we remind ourselves God, I trust in you. That's these hallelujah psalms. Who we worship, who we trust. And lastly, hallelujah reminds me who to thank. This psalm, and really so many of the psalms, point us to the one who is worthy of thanksgiving. Over and over and over again, we see in the Psalms that they give the Lord thanks. Verse 10 ends the chapter with this. The Lord reigns forever, your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. The message translation says it this way. God is in charge always. Zion's God is God for good. Hallelujah. It this, this particular Psalm 146 begins and ends with the same phrase, praise the Lord. He is reminding himself and reminding those who would sing this Psalm, put your thanks in God. Make thank yous a regular part, an intentional part of your every day. Knowing who we give our thanks to makes all the difference. When we thank God, we are reminding ourselves that it's not about us. 
It's about God and what he is doing in the lives of everyone around us. Life is not a result of my own doing. I don't know about you, but I like thankful people. I never say to myself, I'd really like to be around more people that complain more often. You know, maybe we could just, maybe we could start a small group of complainers where we all just get together and complain. When we're around grateful people, it's contagious because it changes our heart and it changes our perspective. This Psalm and all the Psalms remind us who it is that we are thankful to. I think the most vivid experience I've had that illustrated this to me back in 2004, almost 20 years ago, I can't believe that, I took a group of college students uh, to a land where Christianity is not allowed. And uh, we took Bibles from Hong Kong into China. And uh, then they would take these Bibles and they would distribute them to believers all around the country. Uh, But while we were there, we also got to go into the inner parts and we got to meet with the underground church. And I've got a picture here from that experience, but uh, we rode out into the country forever. And then we walked through these rice fields on these little bitty ledges and we walked and walked. And then there's this little bitty farmhouse that was out there. And as we got closer We could hear people singing praises in Chinese. And it was such a beautiful sound. And then we came around the corner and there was this group of ladies here. And they were so excited to be able to worship together. They were so excited to have a Bible that was their prized possession. And when we got there, they literally, through a translator, talked and talked and talked and talked about how thankful they were for what Jesus had done in their lives. One of these ladies was beaten with a chair before she came because her husband did not want her to be a part of the church, but yet she came anyway to worship God. There's one lady who walked for four hours to be able to attend this gathering of believers, but yet the joy and the thanksgiving just overflowed out of every single one of them. And I remember that moment distinctly thinking, God, I want to be so thankful. I want to be a thankful person that I have the opportunity to have a relationship with you, that I can gather together with my my friends and my family and we can worship God freely. The Psalms remind us that we are to be thankful for all that God has done. It is a Daily reminding yourself that his love endures forever. That there is nothing that can separate you from his purpose in your life and how much he loves you. It is a reminder that you are his workmanship. That he is the one that knit you together in your mother's womb as we looked at last week. And that he has created you and put you on this planet to breathe air, to live his purpose. Now, when we talk about hallelujah and praise the Lord, this is not just some fluffy church expression. It's not just positive thinking. The psalmist is challenging all of us to have a perspective 
that sees God for who he is and remind yourself how God sees you. When we choose hallelujah in and through it all, we are praising the Lord as the theme of our lives. God will not force a hallelujah out of any of us. It is our response to him. Jesus makes a way in our lives that we can all experience his grace and his mercy. Romans 7.25 says, Thanks be to God who delivers me through Christ Jesus our Lord. Here in just a moment, we are going to take communion to remind ourselves of who we worship, of how we are thankful to put our trust in Christ once more. The very last verse of Psalms, chapter 150, verse 6, says this. Let everything that has breath, I'll pause there, ask yourself if you qualify. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Says it twice in case you didn't get it the first time. You want to know what the purpose is for your life? You can start right here. If you're alive, you have reason to praise the Lord. To remember who it is that you put your trust in, who it is that you give your attention, your worship, your passion to, and who it is that we give thanks to. Today, we want to continue worship as we take the Lord's table together. In this, we take the cup, we take the body as Jesus sat down. He said, this is to remind you of his presence and his power and his promise. As we take this, we give God our hallelujah and our praise the Lord. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are in this room right now. Your spirit resides within us and we are reminded of your sacrifice, that you sent your only begotten son to die for us. God, we have so much to be thankful for. We have every reason in life to say hallelujah, praise the Lord, because it's in you and you alone, Father, that we find our help, that we find our purpose, and you are always faithful. God, as we reflect, let us surrender. Let us put our trust. Let us put our worship. Let us put our thanksgiving in you and you alone. Father, hear our praise and also hear our confessions, Father. because we are guilty of letting other things fill that spot of worship in our lives. 
Lord, as we reflect, I pray that you would hear our hearts today. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that was shed for us, that we can be forgiven, that we can become new creations. Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name.